Jesus, the true vine. I am the true grapevine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Kia u koto, ki roto, ki ahau, me ahau hoki, ki roto, ki koto. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Kia u ki toku aroha. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Kia aroha koto tētahi ki tētahi. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. Naku koto e fiti fiti. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment. Kia aroha koto tētahi ki tētahi. Love each other. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you, if you belonged to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. You do remember what I told you. A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my Father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my Father. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without cause. 
Otia ka tai mai te kai whakamari e tonoa mai e a hau ki a koutou i te mātua te wairua o te pono. But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me, because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. This is the Word of God. Morena, everybody. It's raining. It's our first Sunday raining in a while. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Matakino, for the reading of the Word, which will set us up for the preaching and the teaching of the Word right now in our series, Famous Last Words. It's good to be together. It's good to worship the Lord. It's good to pray to the Lord. It's good to partake of the Lord and it's good to receive from the Lord and hopefully we'll go from here and fellowship in the Lord's name with one another. This is such a healthy thing to be a part of. Today I've titled the message out of John 15, there's a lot in it, but I've titled the message, What Are You Rolling In? And I don't mean like car, Ants, Ants is nodding because he used to have an RX-7, you know, he's, he's rolling in that. I went and um, we drove to Cambridge this week for, to buy our son's dream car. He's been buying and selling cars um, to make enough money to get his dream car. And little drum roll, this was his dream car, a 1996 Honda Civic, lowered right down to the ground, these big ridiculous mags and a sub that rattles the, the, the boot, you know, because it's, it's a 1996 Honda Civic. He didn't think of the fact that it's a 1500 automatic, there's nothing being done to the engine, it's as gutless as anything. Um, I don't mean that sort of rolling in, uh, I mean the dog kind. And so uh, I'm going to introduce you to our dog Pablo, hopefully we've got some, some photos here. So just put together this collage this morning of Pablo moments. This is Pablo, um, Pablo Picasso, not Pablo Escobar, just in case you were wondering. Um, but, but Pablo was what we would refer to as a panic puppy. A puppy purchased in March 2020. Four years ago, we had been thinking about getting a dog. We had kept telling the kids we don't have time for a dog. It looked like lock, lockdowns were looming, so our excuses were running out. So we thought, if we don't get a dog now, we're never going to get a dog. Everything was selling out on Trade Me. The prices were skyrocketing, but we didn't let that hold us back. We finally found a dog on the, you know, lockdown was supposed to begin at midnight. We found a dog a few hours before that. We only had to drive to Hamilton to pick it up. So we left at about nine o'clock at night. I will say we obeyed the law. We got home at 11.58. Um, and we did a dodgy, a dodgy drug dog deal in a countdown car park where the lady would only accept cash and she'd clearly been drinking for her first night of lock-in. And so this is how Pablo began. 
He wasn't the dog that we agreed to buy on trade. He was a completely different colour. But we went home with him nonetheless. Have you ever made a decision you regret? Pablo, um, in one of these photos, he's got two eyes, but in this one right here, you can clearly see he only has one eye. And so Pablo got bitten by a dog one time. Shih Tzu Bichons have shallow eye sockets. So I was out fishing, but while that happened, his eye came out. Um, I just, I'm not gonna lie, Katie was like, what should I do? I was like, put him down. <laughs> like, this is our out. This is our out from this whole thing. She didn't tell me that she was on speakerphone with the rest of our family. <laughs> Pablo. He got saved. But now he has PTSD. He used to be like the most friendly dog with all other dogs, no matter what size. But after getting an eye popped out from a dog bite, he's like terrified of bigger dogs. And like, so now he's like, he's got small man syndrome. You know, like if you get around any dog, he starts going at it. And so that's quite embarrassing. It gets worse though, because he's also got allergies. And we didn't take out dog insurance. And so he's quite an expensive, high maintenance dog. But apparently we love him. <laughs> he loves babies. He loves people. He's an extrovert, but he is a wanderer. He's a wanderer. He, he's a crafty little fella. He might look dopey and dumb, but he's crafty. He, he can find all sorts of ways to get out of our property. If we, if we so much as leave the gate, even just a tiny bit not closed properly, he will find a way to break through that gate. And the entire Matua community knows Pablo. He regularly features on the Facebook community page. Um, <laughs> as a lost dog. Um, some people have Katie's number, which is on his collar, on speed dial. Um, we, we take him places, oh, here's Pablo. We don't, we've never met the people, but they've met the dog, and so this is, this is our Pablo. And he goes wandering, he runs around, and the other night, Katie and I were lying in bed. We were watching Clarkson's Farm. Yes, on Prime. And Pablo comes bowling into the house. We hear him come through the dog door downstairs, which is actually a cat door. Uh, he comes in, he runs up, and he's just like, he's so excited, he jumps on our bed. Like that excitement, like, I know you've escaped and you've just made it back. Like he, he comes home like in a special way when that's happened, and he's just all excited, get up on our bed, and then all of a sudden I, what's that? I look at Katie, she, she swears it's not her. <laughs> and of course, Pablo has made it onto our bed and he's been rolling in something. I don't know why dogs do it. I don't know why they would leave the spacious property of our provision of safety, of food, of water. I mean, this. I don't know why they would leave that to wander across blocks and streets just to find some dog mess somewhere to roll in it. But that's what they do. 
They get all in there, not just like a little roll, you know, they like, they really grind up in to that stuff. It gets in there. They, they want that smell and left to his own devices. If we left Pablo to his own devices, he would leave daily, several times a day in search of some mess to roll in. And he'll come home smelling of whatever he has been rolling in. And at risk of mixing metaphors and abiding and remaining and rolling, God desires that we would roll in the love of Jesus Christ, that we would remain in Him, that we would abide in Him, as some translations would say it, that we would smell like Jesus, that we would bear the fruit of his kingdom, which in John 15 we just heard finds its ultimate expression in love for one another. All of us have places that we go when we're undirected. We all have places we wander when the gates are left open in our minds when the gates are left open in our hearts, when we're not intentional, we all have places we wander. Where does your mind go when left to its own devices? When you lay in bed at night, when you stand in the shower, when you wake up in the morning, or whenever it is that you have a moment that a device or a person is not distracting you, where does your mind go? Where does your heart go? Where do your thoughts go? Where does your attention go? Where do you wander? Do you wander to God, to His Word, to becoming aware of His presence that is with you in that moment? Or do you go to the to-do list, to the imaginary conversation you're having with the last person that annoyed you? Do you go to your bank accounts? Do you go to your past? Do you go to your future? Where does your mind go? In this passage, Jesus is inviting us to remain in Him. To abide in Him. To learn to train ourselves to wander towards Him and roll in Him that we might smell like Him. that we might be connected to the life that's in Jesus 24-7. Really, the question is not so much, are you remaining or are you abiding, but it's what are you remaining in or abiding in? We're all remaining in something. We're all rolling in something. We're all wandering towards something. We all smell like something. It's not, will you remain? It's what will you remain in? Uh, a great Christian mystic said it this way, you will become what you contemplate. You will become what you contemplate, what you roll in in your mind, what you roll in in your heart, what you obsess over, you will become more like that thing. Parent of, of four kids, and uh, you often 
can tell who your kids have been hanging out with when they come home because they talk, they sound, they have certain behaviours, they have a certain smell, if you would, an aroma of their life. You can tell what they've been in during the day. You can tell if they've been in frustration often. You can tell if they've just been in a good, light-hearted day. You can tell if they've been with those friends. You know, you can tell because what you abide in, you end up smelling like. What you roll in, you end up smelling like. So what are we remaining in? This last seven days, what have you been rolling in? Man, it's so easy for us, right, to to roll in a fence. And just like we're left undirected and we can find ourselves obsessing over all of the different irritations and all the different disappointments or all the different things. And we can find ourselves not just letting it go, but wandering back to it time and time again, just to roll in it a little bit more. We never like it when we do it, but we seem to find ourselves doing it, right? Sometimes we find ourselves rolling in unforgiveness just continuing to play out all of the reasons why we're right and they're wrong. Sometimes we roll in anger or in materialism or we roll to trade me in the life of more, more and more. At times lust or gossip or self-loathing or defeat or pain, or disappointment, these are the very real temptations to roll in this stuff. And Jesus, in this passage, is saying, if you want to bear the fruit of my kingdom, learn to roll in me. Learn to abide in me. Learn to remain in me. See, fruitfulness in this passage the fruitfulness of the Christian life, it is up for grabs, for sure. Don't think just because you declare Jesus as your Lord and Saviour that you're gonna live a fruitful Christian life. The parable of the sower is like pretty clear that that doesn't happen for everybody, but only for those who patiently hold fast to the Word of God in their life, bear fruit. Others, it gets snatched away. Others, it gets distracted. It looks like a plant, but it has no fruit in it. And so Jesus wants us to be fruitful and he wants us to reproduce what is in him and it doesn't just come from us creating it or from our efforts alone or from our willpower, but it comes from learning to roll, remain, abide in the life that is Christ in our daily experiences. It's not something to try and create fruitfulness in our lives, it's something to get attached to. It's something to get connected to. It's something to lean on and roll in. Jesus, he is the true vine, he says. That's one of the big I am statements in John. It's the last one. It's the seventh one. I am the true vine. This, to really get the depth behind his declaration here, in the Old Testament, often God would refer, especially in the prophets, to the nation of Israel as the vine that effectively let God down. 
It was the vine that was supposed to be a place of justice. It was the vineyard that was supposed to be a place of obedience. It was the people that was supposed to be a people of worship. And often in the prophets, they would talk about how the vineyard didn't bear the fruit that it was supposed to bear. And so Jesus comes and says, I am everything that the people of God were always supposed to be. I am it. And you don't have the ability to become it on your own, but you can get attached to it. And if you get attached to it and you remain in it, the life that's in it will become the life that is in you too, by God's grace. I am the true grapevine. Jesus says, my father is the gardener, remain in me, roll in me, and I'll remain in you and roll in you. And you will, as a promise, you will bear fruit. Just stay with me, you'll bear fruit. Just wander back to me, you will bear fruit. Just abide in me, you will bear fruit. This word remain is, is such an important word in the, in the Gospel of John here. It's the Greek word, just for any geeks out there, uh, it's the Greek word meno, and it's very important to John's theology. Super, super important. So much so that he uses it 40 times in the Gospel of John alone. He uses it 11 times in this chapter. He's trying to make a point. That's why I keep saying roll in it lots because he said 11 times of at least up to eight. We'll get to 11 easily. 40 times, 11 times in the chapter, 27 times in the letters that are ascribed to John towards the end of the New Testament. It's an important concept. So what does it mean to remain? And I'm just gonna let John define what he means by remaining because he doesn't so much do it in this chapter. But we could look at John chapter six as another place it shows up in verse 56. And it says, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood, Jesus says, remains in me and I am in him. So remaining, rolling in, abiding in, this, this whole idea of remaining, it's got something to do with what we just did. Our confession of faith, our, our belief in Jesus, our trust in Him for our salvation, our Jesus-centeredness as His people, where it's all about Jesus and what He's done for us. As we continue to remind ourselves of that, as we partake of that, you just remained in Him this morning. You just came back to him this morning. You just rolled in him for a few minutes. This is remaining. When we gather together and we partake of him as he has asked us to do. In John 8 verse 31, Jesus said to his disciples who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So there's something about remaining and holding to the good, sound doctrine of the church throughout the ages, the orthodox doctrine, the right doctrine, not getting swept away by this teaching or that teaching or by this thing or that thing. There's something about remaining to remain in the core things of Jesus, to remain in the sound teachings of Jesus. And as we remain in that, as we believe that, as we confess that, as we hold that up as the plumb line or the standard for our life and for our church, there's something about that that is remaining in Jesus. 
And lastly, in this chapter, John 15, verse nine, he says, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. So here we find that actually remaining is about loving obedience. Not just begrudging obedience, but loving obedience. And so we get a picture of what it means to remain in Jesus, to roll in Jesus, to wander back to Jesus, is to hold to our confession of faith and to continue to partake of the mystery of his body and blood broken and poured out for us. It is to hold to his teachings, to hold to his word, to hold them up as the plumb line to our life. And it is to go and live out that word by God's grace in loving obedience. This is remaining. Are we following? And it will be easy to, to look at these things just as individuals. Okay, Joel, I've got to remain in him this week. I get that. That's the encouragement. Totally. But, but he's writing to the disciples as a group too. And we can read it personally, but he's, he's speaking to the disciples collectively. And so he's, he's not just saying, you know, I am the vine and you individually are the branches. He's saying, curate, I'm the vine and you fellas are the branches. And as you learn to remain in me, you will bear much fruit. As you learn to keep coming to the table, as you learn to hold to the teaching, as you lovingly obey me, you will bear much fruit. Isn't that beautiful? What an encouraging picture. But what about the style of the church? What about the music? The song was too loud. What about this? What about the times? What about, what about, what about, what about? Remain. Keep coming to the table. Keep holding to the teaching. Keep lovingly obeying. Oh, the fruit of the kingdom will come forth. That's where it comes. It doesn't come from style. It doesn't come from buildings. It doesn't come from performance. It doesn't come from our preferences. It comes from remaining is where the fruit comes from. From remaining. <laughs> Ultimately, we become more loving by experiencing more love. That's what Jesus is saying here, and we know this to be true, that we become more loving when we experience more love. And so he says, remain in my love, and you might just find you too become love. You might bear that fruit. Look, children who have been loved really well by their parents, when they grow up to be adults, they have a bigger capacity to love. There's no doubt about it. But even when, if we came from the best of parents, none of us came from perfect love and all of us are broken vessels when it comes to our capacity to love, and so all of us must come to our heavenly Father to receive perfect love, and as we receive that perfect love, it gives us the capacity to love more perfectly. We love because he first loved us. And so as we learn to receive it, as we learn to remain in it, as we learn to contemplate. Someone said this about contemplating, and I love this. Remain, I, I love this. If, if you can just go home with one line, please go home with this line. 
to contemplate God is to look at God looking at you in love. To contemplate God is to look at God looking at you in love. It is to know you're loved by Him and to sit in it for a little while and let Him gaze at you, so to speak, in love. And so what is this fruit? I think it's pretty self-explanatory here, but in verse 13 it says, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, it's important to define love. Sometimes people say that they're loving us. Hey, I'm just doing this in love. And you're like, if that's love, please stop loving me. Right, like we're, we're, love is not love. You can't define a word with itself. Jesus defines the sort of love he's talking about. He's not talking about the love that I have for dessert. He's not talking about the love that I have for surfing. He's not even talking about the love that I have for golf or for the NRL starting today. He's not talking about any of those things. He's talking about a type of love that would lay down one's life for one's friends. Said another way, it would be easy to miss it because it doesn't come across well in, in the English here, but in the Greek, it would read more like this. It would read, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for those who you love. There's no greater love than to lay your life down for those who you claim to love. That is love. And this is the fruit that God is wanting to bear from our lives as we learn to roll in Him, to remain in Him, to abide in Him. And God doesn't just want that fruit. He wants that fruit to grow more and more and more and more in our journey that in our final breath we might be our most loving that we just go from glory to glory, not in the accumulation of assets, not in net worth, not in whatever else it is, but that we'd go from glory to glory in love, in loving sacrifice for one another. It says in this passage that he wants us to go from bearing fruit to bearing more fruit to bearing much fruit. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. The only problem is is it requires pruning. It all, it's all sounded real good up until this point. I get that. I get, oh yes, the love of God. Mm. Pruning's not as much of a mm word. <laughs> Pruning's like an ouch word. Pruning's like, is there another way? Is there an alternate route? Is there a bypass here? But if you want to go from fruit like a little bit of fruit, to more fruit, to much fruit. It's from the loving hands of our surgeon God who cuts not to hurt, but cuts to heal so that we might bear more fruit. And how does he often cut us? You know, the only difference between pruning and cutting is the reason you're cutting. They both feel the same, right? If I'm cutting down a tree, it's the same as pruning a tree. I'm getting that sick of tears and I'm doing it. I'm getting the chainsaw, I'm doing it. The only difference is why I'm doing it. And so both are really painful. 
And God gets his secretaries out, and I know no better secretaries that God has in his hands than his word. Man, even, even on Friday, Kate and I were just listening to a teaching together, and the pastor in his 70s was just coaching us and giving us some teachings about some things, and Katie looked over at me, and she's like, that's for us. And I'm like, nah, nah, that's not for us. <laughs> the secretaries are too tough, you know? And she's like, nah, that, that's for us. And I knew the Spirit of God was saying, yeah, that, that's for you, but it was a cut. There's a cut. It's like, oh, that's, that's not a night. That's not, just, that's not an encouraging word. That's a pruning word. But I know if I would submit myself to the pruning, one day there'll be more fruit from that limb if I would let it happen. And this is what God, God's word is sharper than a double-edged sword. And I don't know why you come to church every week. I certainly come and hope that you get encouraged, but we wanna open ourselves up and go, God, if you need to prune, because I don't wanna just be a little fruit, I wanna be a much fruit. God, prune away. And I know it's not nice, and I know I don't always want it, but I wanna get to the place where I am up for it because I can trust the surgeon. I can trust the gardener. I can trust the secretaries that it, it might hurt, but oh, in the season to come, it would all make sense. This is our God. I think we shall finish by bringing Pablo up. I'm pretty sure he's here. Is he here somewhere, Letty? Whoever's on keys can come too. The whole band can actually come if you like. This is Pablo. Come on. Come on, Pops. Come on. Hey. 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 This is Violet. This is our one-eyed bandit. One-eyed pirate. One-eyed pirate. One-eyed pirate. So we, we got one more story about Pablo. Pablo... Katie and I were in Auckland, serving the church up there one time, and Pablo ran away, as he always does. We get a phone call from a lady who came home from work to find Pablo asleep on her couch. <laughs> covered in... Some mess. God bless this lady's heart. She didn't message just that, but she messaged, so I bathed him, shampooed him, I brushed him, I dried him, and he's asleep on the couch again. He loves going out and rolling and stuff, but he found himself into the perfect place where somebody was willing to take his mess, to clean him from it, hey boy, and to leave him smelling like the love of that home. Now I'm, I'm super pumped we weren't around because we volunteered Katie's dad to go do the pickup. <laughs> and thankfully he did. But this is, look, we all come here today having rolled in lots of things. Maybe you've been rolling in stressful thoughts all week. Maybe you've been rolling in hurt all week. Maybe you've been rolling in disappointment all week. 
Maybe you've been rolling in addiction all week. Maybe you've been rolling in sin all week. Maybe you've been rolling in hurt, unforgiveness, bitterness. I don't know what you've been rolling in. I'd imagine all of that stuff is true for some of us. And the invitation of our God, come and abide in me. Come and remain in me and you will bear much fruit. And I wanna have a moment today where we could just choose to just spend a few moments, if we haven't already in this gathering, just remaining in His love. Just looking at Him, looking at us in love. But I also wanna encourage you, if you are here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you are not a disciple of Jesus and you come in here and you know better than anyone, you're smelling like a whole bunch of stuff, I wanna tell you that Jesus is like that lady and He's willing to take your mess and He's willing to wash you clean and leave you smelling like His kingdom, like His house today. If only you would go to Him in faith and let Him do that. And so you can use this next few minutes to go to Him in faith. Simple prayer, God, I come to You today and I give You my life. God, I come to You today, mess and all, to receive Your cleansing. God, I come to You today to choose to follow You because following me is just leaving me with me. So I wanna smell like love, that sounds good. And I know that I don't have it, but if I can come get connected to it, I could bear much fruit too. What are you rolling in? Let's roll in Jesus, eh? Come on, let's stand on our feet if you're able. Let's become centered on the Lord's presence. Thank you, Letty and Pablo. If you, even if you would, just feel comfortable holding out your hands. Oh, our Heavenly Father who runs over mountains to come and greet us. Oh, the Heavenly Father who, who when we come with our apology, You'll cut us off and embrace us in Your arms and put a robe on our back and a ring on our finger and sandals on our feet. Oh, our Heavenly Father who leaves the 99 to come after the one. Our oh, Heavenly Father who promises that His perfect love would cast out all of our fear. The Heavenly Father who would touch those who culture seemed and deemed untouchable. We come to You now, God, because we wanna look at You looking at us in love. It's the Spirit of God. Would there be a revelation in this place today of Your love at a heart, at a soul level, Spirit, come and move among us as we give ourselves to You.